Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not by any work of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and in today's episode of Open Your Bible, we'll examine the principle, the biblical principle, of baptism. Now, we know that baptism is a central component of Christianity. It is viewed as sacred to all disciples of Christ, and one of the two commands Jesus gave just prior to his ascension. In short, baptism is very significant to all believers because Jesus commanded it to be so. But our question today is, what does the baptism actually mean? What does the Bible tell us about it? Well, the biblical understanding of baptism has its roots in the Old Testament. The Jewish community required some form of bathing in water for purification, as seen in Leviticus and Numbers. However, the process of baptism from that point all the way to the time of Christ evolved. The practice was honed down, if you will, to immersion in water, a full immersion as evidenced in the writings of the Mishnah, which is a written account of the oral Torah. We can also find evidence of this in the Dead Sea Scrolls, that water immersion for purification became a daily practice among Jews. But the critical point I'd like you to take from our early understanding of baptism, the Jewish ritual of baptism, is that it was for ceremonial cleansing. And it was self-administered. That's very important as well. Now we jump forward through the Old Testament to the very beginning of the New Testament with the last of the Old Testament prophets. His name was John. He was the son of Zechariah, and we commonly know him as John the Baptist. Now John would make a significant change to the Jewish practice of baptism. He announced that the Jews were to be cleansed in preparation for the coming of God's kingdom. He would also administer the baptismal himself. He would teach that it was a repentance baptism for the forgiveness of sin, and that another baptism was actually coming from one much greater than himself, who would baptize not with water, but with the Holy Spirit. Good reference for this is found in Mark's gospel, chapter 1. Now, Matthew's gospel adds some context for us to John's baptism. It tells us that John's calling to Jews to be baptized came with the understanding that the kingdom of God was coming, and with it, God's wrath and judgment and punishment. So as a result, baptism had moved now from frequent ceremonial cleansings to a one-time event with significant implications for the soul's final destiny. Now, remember, Jesus had not yet atoned for sin. So John was preparing the way. He was the herald of the coming of the Messiah that we know to be Jesus. He was preparing the way for the baptism that Christians know and practice today. So baptism following the resurrection of Christ all the way to contemporary times 
added two significant points. One was that the person being baptized had become a disciple of Christ. And two, it was being done in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, his parting words just prior before his ascension into heaven, he emphasized those two points to his disciples. He said this, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. That's Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. So as a result, Christian baptism now became an outward expression of an internal commitment to follow Christ. Discipleship. To symbolically join with him in his atonement for sin and to be raised with him in his resurrection to eternal life. The Apostle Paul would indicate this very commitment in his letter to the church in Rome. Paul wrote this, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. Romans 6, verse 4. So, the practice of Christian baptism is an illustration of faith. It's an outward expression of our internal commitment to Christ, the believer's internal commitment to Christ. So, in this sense, it is a sign of a new covenant with God, but only after God's grace is applied. It's not intended to duplicate the Jewish sign of the old covenant, which was circumcision. If it was intended to duplicate anything from the old covenant, it would be an internal circumcision, one that Paul describes in many of his letters, an internal circumcision. So the question is often asked, what then is the proper form of baptism? The most common definition for baptism in the New Testament uses the Greek word baptismo, which simply means to immerse something or submerge it. It often references the dipping of a, a garment in dye to change the garment's color. However, the Bible itself does not indicate a complete immersion in Christian baptism, only that water be used. Now, you might be saying, well, how about the uh, baptism of Jesus? He was fully submerged in water. Well, the indication is that he was because he came out of the water. As I said, that indicated his total immersion. And whether it was done that way or not, it was done under the Jewish traditions of ceremonial cleansing, which involved full immersion in water. In short, Complete immersion appears to be the, the preferred biblical method, but it's not a requirement. Nowhere in the Bible does it specifically say that you have to be fully immersed in water. I would imagine, uh, just from the historical context of the, of, the, of the Bible, the geography in many areas um, put them in a position where water was not that plentiful, unless you wanted to jump into a well. So 
there may not have been enough water at various points to capacitate full immersion for baptism. So it's never actually listed as a requirement. It just appears to be the preferred method. What is actually sought in the act of baptism is our obedience of faith instead of any particular method. Now, another question commonly asked is, baptism necessary for salvation? Now, from the Holy Scripture, the short answer is no. There is no biblical indication of baptism being necessary for salvation or required for salvation from any serious interpretation of text. If it were, it would be directly in conflict with the teaching that the remission of sin comes from God alone and not from any action of man. Jesus' very words indicate that. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. John chapter 5, verse 24, there's many like that, but you can see there's no mention of any kind of baptism. Subsequently, the, the same teaching, teachings come from the Apostle Paul. He says in his letter to the church in Ephesus, for by grace you have been saved through your faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Very popular verse, but it specifically indicates that salvation, remission of sin, comes from God's grace alone and not from any work of man. Folks, the practice of baptism as Jesus commanded always comes after God's grace is applied to the believer. Even the verses that seem to suggest otherwise, if taken in proper context, always emphasize, always, the work of God over the work of man. Besides, any work we add to the gospel diminishes the work of the cross. Now, finally, let us address another common question. And this is in regards to infant baptism. Is it necessary? Well, let's pick out that word necessary. And I, because I'd like to emphasize that. The answer is clear in scripture that no, it's not necessary. But it doesn't, it, the scripture never says that you can't do it. It's never forbidden. It just is very clear that infant baptism is not necessary. Nowhere in scripture, nowhere, not one part, is an infant or even a child baptism mentioned. To receive anything. This is due to Christian baptism, as we covered, being irrelevant to salvation. Besides, God makes clear in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 39, that he does not hold children responsible for sin before their ability to know right from wrong. So an infant or small child before that point, would fall under the category of not needing baptism in any regard. As for infant baptism addressing mankind's inheritance of original sin, that's where often people in support of infant baptism will go. Well, original sin, we have to remember, is not a particular sin. Instead, it is an, an inherited, depraved condition as a result of the original sin. We inherit the condition of sin. Only the grace of God through Jesus Christ addresses our sinful nature, not baptism. 
Never in scripture does baptism address our sinful nature, which is the condition of sin inherited from the original. Now, some argue that infant baptism is an entrance into the new covenant with God, much like circumcision was in the old covenant. Fair enough, but it's never indicated to be so. We must bear in mind that these are two very different covenants with two distinctly different entrance requirements, if you will. The Bible indicates that in the old covenant, males were circumcised into the Jewish religion on the eighth day following their birth without a commitment in faith. And that's only males. Now, while in the new covenant, you must have a commitment of faith, a spiritual circumcision, if you will, before the expression of baptism is fulfilled. Paul refers to this type of spiritual circumcision in his letter to the church in Colossae. Paul writes this, and in him, him being Christ, you're also circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Simply put here, baptism, very clear in that verse and many others, is an outward expression of our internal commitment to faith as followers of Jesus Christ. So should all Christians be baptized? Yes, of course they should. It's very sacred to us, but it's not sacred for salvation. All Christians should be baptized because Christ commanded it. Equally, we should not be baptized expecting to receive some special grace. Or, I, or rather, I should say, we should not expect any special grace from being baptized. That would be a better way to put it. Because the moment we feel the very moment we begin to feel we should do something to earn God's grace in any regard, baptism or anything, it's no longer grace. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you and bring you peace. Next up on Open Your Bibles, we'll address the biblical principle and practice of prophecy. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean today what it did not mean.